Hello, this is Haley Nauman, and you're listening to the Maybe Baby Podcast. Today, I am bringing on a guest to talk about this last week's newsletter. It was number 23. You received it on Sunday. It was called Sitting in the Shower, as is my new habit. Um, And I decided kind of going with this new um, model of bringing someone on to chat, which I'm still experimenting with. Um, I'm bringing in my good friend, Danny, who I love very much. Um, Some of you might remember him as Danny the Carpenter, who we featured on Man Repeller a couple times uh, for our Money Diaries franchise. Um, I mentioned that only because he had a really popular Money Diary and... um, I think most people who read that still remember him. I've had a couple people actually check in on him with me in my DMs, which is really funny. I feel like he's just, he was actually pretty divisive in that column. Half of the people were like in love with him just based on what he wrote. And they're like, he sounds hot. Or like, I think I want to meet Danny. And then half the people were like, this guy's reckless, like so obnoxious. So, um, you know, all, all press is good press, I guess, for Danny. <laughs> but anyway, um... I love Danny, and we all do. He's one of those kind of magnetic characters who I think everyone just kind of wants to be around. And I think if he he left New York, I'd be uniquely devastated. Um, so yeah, he's a very important person to me. And I'm really excited to have him on just to chat and um, just for some people who have been curious about him to get to know him. Although I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about. We are just going to kind of... Um, We might veer off the railroad tracks a little bit because there's not a super um, kind of clear topic to discuss based on this week's newsletter. It was more of a stream of conscious kind of diary entry. So um, we're just going to kind of see what comes up. He's in California right now. So I just gave him a call and um, that's it. Let's just see where it goes. Okay, let's get started. (laughs) Dane, have you ever listened to my podcast? No, I'm not a paying subscriber. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm sorry, I should comp you. That's so funny. I was going to ask if I could listen to it, too. I was like, maybe I should know. But then I thought maybe you'd want me just like, you know, raw. (laughs) I do, I do. Okay, so, Danny, do you ever sit in the shower? Never. (laughs) I don't believe you for some reason. I can cry anywhere. (laughs) But do you sit? No. Never, ever? In the shower? Yeah. Maybe if I'm, like, really hungover to the point... I knew that's what you were going to say. That's the only reason where you, like, don't even know that you've sat down. And then you're like, oh, I need to stand back up. I think that's called being drunk, Danny. Yeah, wake up still drunk. I didn't say I fell in the shower. I should have told you to sit in the shower as your homework before this podcast to to come back with some anecdotal feedback. I mean, I've done it, like, as a kid... Dude, it's nice. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I like showers even standing. Yeah, but it's like standing is kind of a lot of effort, right? <laughs> See, this is like a nomin conceit. <laughs> Wait, why? Andy sits on the toilet to pee. You guys love <laughs> okay. sitting down. What, is that outing someone? I don't know. We're going to have to text him to see if we can leave that one in. <laughs> That's a common thing. Many men like to do that. I know, I especially think the guys sit down first thing in the morning for the the morning pee. I'm right? I'm like a stand I'll pee in the shower standing. 
I mean, I'm actually pro peeing in the shower too. You know, that's like a that's a hot topic. People are either very for it or very against. I really never, never ever thought about it. Well, it's just it you're seems... putting all kinds of dirt down the drain. Like that's what the point of the shower is. And I also do wipe out my tub fairly often. Yeah, I mean, everyone's it's... different. <laughs> some of us wipe out the tub some more of us than don't. others. Sure. Well, I was just cognizant of the fact that I just said I sit down in the shower, and then, like, two seconds later, I said I pee. I know. First, you're peeing in the shower. Honestly, (laughs) poop in the shower. I don't care. Waffle stomp? I'm not saying do it, but I'm just saying, like, if you did, that's what the shower is for. No, that's actually not what the shower is for. It is. Like, look. Okay, how about Definitively not. Pooping in? Sure. But, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point. But I'm saying, like, I'm saying... Imagine, like, if you got dog shit on yourself, what what would you do? Oh, I'm cleaning it in the shower. You You're would right. immediately right. shower. It's like the shower is a place to clean things away. Wash it down. <laughs> so is that, is that why? Is it gross to sit for that reason? I mean, it's, I think that's per... If someone's like, yeah, I weekly get dog shit on myself and then wash it away in the shower, sitting... You know, yeah, I would say that's a gross habit. (laughs) Well, anyway, I wash after I've been sitting, but also I really don't feel like it's dirty. I don't think it's dirty. Um, I mean, taking baths is just way grosser, hands down. I did actually take a a couple baths recently for the first time since I've lived in this apartment. I love taking baths. Baths are actually great. Yeah, they're the shit. I mean, it's essentially sitting in the shower, but just, like, with water. <laughs> I would do that, like, sit in a bath and then turn the shower on. Whoa, double dose? Then I'm, like, in the ocean. Feel like I'm in the... Oh, I never thought that of doing that. Exciting. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay, I've got my homework set out for me. Speaking of homework, did you watch the five-minute crafts video? <laughs> my God. <laughs> Dude, that video was so unexpected. I was really excited, too, to watch it. And especially, it starts off with that girl getting her hair cut by, like, a mean jokester. Wait, and by the way, that one is, like, not a craft at all. Like, I didn't understand why that was in the video. It's the intro. Because it's, they aren't even called crafts. They're called girly hacks. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, wait, for some context. In my recommendations this week, yeah, I I recommended a video from a very, very popular YouTube channel called 5 Minute Crafts. They have like millions, tens of millions of followers. I can't remember how many. Maybe like 50? That sounds... That, no, maybe that sounds like too much. It could no, be. No, I really think... I think it could be close to that. Um, it's a completely deranged craft DIY account um, that has like not even a hint of irony. And Avi and I watch them sometimes when we're feeling like particularly loopy. And I made Danny watch it last night. And Danny, <laughs> you texted me being like, this is not a bedtime watch. <laughs> it got me amped. What did you think of the crafts? Were you interested in any of the hacks? Me and my dad were screaming. And then my mom kept coming by and being like, hey, that's not a bad idea. You know, like, <laughs> yes. and I'd be like, you're not getting it. Like, I like the one where it's like a skirt and they just like cut holes in it. And then they just like put their arms to them and like, it's a dress now. I'm not going to read my notes because so many of them are just like... Wait, you took notes? Yeah. (laughs) Please just read a couple of them. I'll read a few that are less offensive. Here, let's look. Everything, all of these, I will. All of these notes are really site-specific. Like, this is like the live tweeting, like, a show when you watch it, (laughs) you know? 
<laughs> Should we talk about how you used to live show the live tweet The Bachelor like years after the episodes had aired? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just as I watched. Um <laughs> and like all of live tweeting something that's not all live. of the tweets would be like Michelle, OMG. Like they aren't even like <laughs> this happened. It's just like No context. Oh shit. Jessica. Yeah. Oh, that's what I said. She, the one where she has like that little hole in her leather boot. And she mm-hmm. like number one, her outfit's just hideous. <laughs> the looks are really tough. The looks are terrible. And then she like revamps them into even crazier looks that aren't better <laughs> in any way. But like she looks down, you're like if you think the hole in your boot is the problem with your outfit, you're so lost. And then she... Re- I mean, spoken from a guy who always has holes in his boots. Sure, I don't have new shoes. Well, I think most of my new shoes come... The newest shoes I have are shoes that your brother has not worn that much. <laughs> yeah. And then he, like, does a purge. Those are my running shoes. This actually feels like a really good segue into our, our famed Fashion Week story. Is that where you want to go? Because she cuts her boot in half (laughs) as a reaction to noticing a small hole in one boot. She cuts both boots in half into the loosest heels I've ever seen anybody walk around in. (laughs) They're like, I would describe her heels as baggy, you know? Dude, I literally don't remember. Like, I feel like maybe I sent you the wrong video. You didn't. I mean, you sent me a video that uh, was effective. I'm still thinking about it. All the notes really are uh, just, what are you doing? That's truly not what's wrong with the outfit. It's the top. The top is horrible. Such an overreaction to a tiny <laughs> hole in your boot. At a certain point, I just said, somebody get those scissors away from her. She should be in jail. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, I think my favorite thing about Five Minute Crafts is, like, to your point, like, they're often taking something bad and making it worse and it also takes so much time and it's completely pointless like i just i i don't think i understand the target audience that's what well she like starts doing origami with like any large piece of clothing she just starts folding into a smaller piece of clothing and like it reminded me of when i was like in middle school just like really beginning to feel like, the depths of social anxiety. Like, the real depths. Where you, like, you're in elementary school and you're like, no, I, like, know how to be social. I'm like, I have friends. I have my little group. Like, I do my thing. And then you go into middle school and the whole bottom drops out and you're like, this ocean is so deep. (laughs) And I'm, like, terrified. And, like, leaving... I mean, my style in middle school was really weird. Wait, describe, like, a typical outfit. Just, like, actually, one was cool. I just had a full, like, tracksuit with jacket, top. Okay, brag. Pants. That was cool, <laughs> but it wasn't cool then. It was, like... Yeah, that's an important caveat. If I wore that caveat. now, maybe it would be, like, oh, you look good. Then people were, like, why would you choose to wear that? I had terrible <laughs> rosacea. I, I kind wore, of think rosacea's cute. I mean, yeah, some pe- sometimes would say, people would say that. I, like, didn't even... I I was too blind to it. I would wear just giant pants, just the norm, you know. Yeah, I mean, wait, just like what was the skinniest the white boy with the hugest jeans. <laughs> Janko, Jinko. Oh yeah, J- uh, yeah. Wait. I don't remember which one it was. Wait, Jink- Jinkos. 
I know they were big. They were huge. Like, wearing pants where it's, like, me and then, like, four other people could fit in them. Which was also, like, a little bit of a fantasy of mine. <laughs> that was your middle school kink? Yeah. I had I had crazy... St- I had horrible style in middle school as well. But that's what I mean is, like, the point is that, like, it's not that... I would have, like, freakouts before I went to school. I'd be like, oh, my God, I have nothing to wear. Like, you know, but it's like, yes, you do. You have all of your normal clothes that you wear every day. But then all of a sudden, because of, like, something in me, I would be like, I have to, like, change this up or, like, do something about what I'm wearing. Do you feel, you don't feel like that now sometimes? Like, you have nothing to wear, even though you have, like, a closet full of clothes? Yeah, sometimes. But, you know, I'm, like, an adult. I recognize the feeling. I'm like, oh, like, no, none of the shirts you wear literally every fucking day look good on you today. I'm sure it's the shirts problem. (laughs) That's a really reasonable response, because I feel like I still don't, I still think that, like, I hate all my clothes on some days. Okay, well, sure, and, like, and sometimes you do, but my reaction in middle school would be to, like, take scissors out. Okay, (laughs) I was, like, wondering how we got on this topic. That's the connect. Is that, like, this woman is doing, like, any time you're leaving the house and your thought is right before you leave, I need to cut up my clothes. <laughs> you... Dude, I used to do that, too. Yeah, but it's insane. You shouldn't do it. Just stay Did you ever home. see the thing where, like, the girls would do where they would, like, cut up the sides of their t-shirts and then cut little strips in the sides and then tie the strips together so that there's, like, a little, like... To be honest, I think I thought that was sexy. <laughs> that was like something that I feel like we would wear to like middle school or like sorry high school dances like themed ones we would like draw something vaguely relevant to the theme and then like wear that top also yeah like everything I'm saying that's middle school is probably what I mean is like early to mid high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all a blur but I'm just like kind of saving myself a little bit push it back yeah mm-hmm I don't think I had an idea. Like, I didn't understand when girls were doing things. Just everything that girls did, I'd be like, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you look so good. Oh, my God. What a tragic time, thinking back. Like, maybe if I watched this video when I was, like, 11, I'd be like, this is awesome. Women are incredible. <laughs> Instead, like, watching it when I'm 33, being like, this is terrifying. Like, the world makes me sad. She shouldn't be allowed to cut. <laughs> Everything makes you sad. Yeah, that's true. That's how the same. That's how obvious, too. Like, everything just reminds him of, like, late capitalism and, like, how society's failing and everything's corrupt. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We were talking about that last night where it's just, like... I mean, it's just funny that you, like, look back and you feel nostalgia to a point where your world was just more closed in. And you still felt confused by it, but now it appears mm-hmm. simple to you, you know? I always think about that. I have that nostalgia, especially when I think about, like, like the like the fun mm-hmm. I used to have, like, going to the mall. And it's how simple things seemed. Like, I don't know why the mall is, like, my icon for, like, this, like, beautiful n- uh, ignorance I had as, like, a teen. But just going to the mall and just thinking that, like, my life would just kind of, like, follow the path that, like everyone's did and that like time would just continue and society would just i mean even in like 2016 i thought that progress was inevitable like i i remember saying that to avi once and him just being like you really believe that and i was like yeah and i was like i was so sure and now i'm just like absolutely not well all white liberals believe it 
That progress is inevitable. Well, sure, but especially in those years. Yeah, 100%. Like, pre-Trump, we were just all set for, like, late imperial capitalism and incremental, like, I don't know, identity politics. Yeah. I mean, Avi was just talking about how he feels like that perspective almost feels kind of religious in that it's there's this sort of divine belief that like bad people will have their comeuppance at some point and that like the good guys will always win out eventually sure (laughs) even for people who obviously aren't really real uh sorry religious there's like a a salvation kind of undercurrent to their worldview i mean it's like our i guess national mythology you know yeah like the they'll believe that like america will prevail because people like believe in it also that america is heroic and therefore that like yeah like somehow the land of the free the beneficent will like float to the top yeah by god's glory i guess or meritocracy yeah but i mean like that's just like a secular version of the same belief system yeah which is yeah, or by your own determination. I don't know. I mean, on the other hand, I'm, like, chronically unambitious. So I guess I can just say I wouldn't know. Is that how you feel? Like, you don't have ambitions? No, I mean, I want things. I desire things. But, like, my relationship with, like, power or status, I would say, is pretty confused. Like, I don't know how to... When I find myself momentarily desiring it, it often just scares me or, like, makes me feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a good instinct. I guess, but it makes it really hard to, like, pursue anything professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Harley and I were just recently talking about this because there are just so many, like, fake media friendships. I, I, yeah. Sorry, does, I don't know if that seems like a big leap, but... um. Th- No, I mean, I think that's probably something you have to deal with a lot. Yeah, I just, I feel like there's, yeah, there's a lot of, like, clout chasing. And I don't think that people think of it as clout chasing. They're just like, oh, I want to be friends with that person. Like, even if there's, like, a subconscious part of themselves that's like, I want to be friends with them because they represent something I want. And, like, it feels like progress for the social life I'm pursuing or whatever. Or, like, even opportunities for work. Well, for sure. And it just leads to, like, a fakiness. And it's really frustrating. Like, I feel like sometimes it, the cracks start to show or you realize, like, that, I don't know, there's, like, two people that I know, like, really dislike each other and they're always posting about each other, how much they like each other. And I'm, like, I- I'm just confused. I'm, like, why would you pretend to be friends? I don't really understand. <laughs> like, what's... Just for the brand. But the... Yeah, I guess I feel like in this particular case, they're not, like... I don't really think they're benefiting it that much. It's just sort of, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. I guess compulsion, then? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess this feeling of, like, wanting... I guess everyone wants to feel like they belong. And, like, I think both these girls, like, want to feel like they belong to a certain scene. And they both, like, like reinforce it in each other. Which I definitely relate to and understand. I'm loving this because it feels so dangerous that you're going to say a name at any moment. (laughs) I don't even think you would know that. That's all I'm (laughs) waiting for. Just being... No, of course I wouldn't. I'm not worried about what I know. Oh, I'm not... I'm not revealing any listeners (laughs) anyway i think that actually you're you're like okay i know you're not comfortable with when i like blow smoke up your ass blow it (laughs) let it blow 
Let it blow. <laughs> um, I'm sitting. I feel like almost your lack of ambition in that particular respect and also kind of your like clout you're not really like a clout chaser and you're also like I feel like that sometimes is part of your appeal like or if we think about like <laughs> when I did when I wait when I when I when I brought you to the fashion show mm-hmm. <laughs> wait do you remember how it started we went out no we got to go back further yeah, okay, because I, so this is my very first fashion week. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, super stressed, and I had, like, had, like, a really, I was, like, crying. I had cried, like, at least once every day because it was, like, really intense. I did not know that part. I'm really lonely. It was really intense. I ended up, like, writing an essay about it because it was, because it was also really amazing. It was, like, this weird, intense emotional roller coaster, mm-hmm. and I was kind of getting over a breakup. Right. Remember, so I was, like, kind of, of course. I had, like, I was intermittently just, like, crying occasionally about that. Yeah. Even though this was, like, kind of months after. It was, like, one of those situations where being really stressed, like, brought back, like, heartbreak that I thought I'd been over. For sure. And I, I remember I hadn't seen anybody I know I knew all day. And I was, like, I was on, like, Danny Corner, <laughs> which is a particular intersection. Yeah, well, that's when... I had a location. <laughs> and a particular inter- intersection in Soho where, like, every time, when before I lived in New York, Andy used to always take me over there. And it was like, we were certain that you'd be in, like, one of three locations in Soho. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it was such a, like, it was such a home base for him in Manhattan. We'd be like, let's go see if Danny's in the bookstore and Nellie Jackson. Or we'd be like, yeah, me too. I feel like it was so nice to, like, always know someone or just be like, Danny, where are you? So I remember being near there and being like, I'm going to call Danny and like I made you come meet me to get dinner but you were like on the phone and you're like I'm covered in dirt you're like I've literally just spent the whole day lugging wood from like one side of a yard to another well I wonder what I had been doing because I was working at the bookstore wasn't I no that day you had been working on like a like doing carpentry stuff I remember those shorts yeah, because, so you were like, I, I will meet you for dinner, but I'm literally disgusting. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to hang. And you're like, okay. So you actually weren't at that particular intersection, but you came to meet me in your truck. Oh, okay. And we went to get dinner, and you were covered in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing, like, a pair of, this is September, so it's pretty warm still, but you're wearing, like, a pair of shorts that, like, had dirt, covered in dirt with, like, holes in them. Huge holes. Huge, huge holes. A pair of, like, really dirty lace-up boots. And then, like, a really dirty, like, torn white t-shirt. And then, like, you have, like, wireframe glasses and your hair... I don't remember if your hair was long or not, but you're wearing, I think, like, a hat. A baseball hat. I don't... I don't remember. Anyway, so... The holes in my shorts were so big that, like... It was, like, the pockets were... Yeah, they're like, they're like what Urban Outfitters like selling for like $80. Yeah, except then like that was so the pockets were showing, but then there was another like four inches of leg showing (laughs) below the pockets. And then they were just connected at the bottom. Yeah. So I feel like it's important context to mention that like everywhere Danny shows up, he says he looks like shit and somehow like looks like how people are trying to look when they like shop it like urban outfitters or something yeah but when i moved like dust would legit fall off of me <laughs> yeah. like, like you I have a be... real holes in your clothes though like and your clothes are actually thrifted just like hand me downs like there's a very like i feel that you are like 
you should be like some fashion designer's muse for just being someone who like always looks good even when you're not trying. I would love to get paid to do nothing. <laughs> I know that's your main ambition. <laughs> that's my dream. That's why I play the lottery, baby. <laughs> um, Someday. So anyway, we get dinner at Ruby Rosa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I have a fashion show tonight. Maybe you should come. And you that were like... was really fun. Not even. At first, you were like, I am going to a fashion show, but we were having fun at dinner. So you were like, I guess, like, I need to leave soon. And I was like, I'll just drive you there. Okay. That was how it started? Yeah. And then I was like, I'm headed home. And you were like, I've got an extra ticket. <laughs> well, no, I didn't remember. Because I was like... Oh, really? Because No, rem- you don't remember this part? Because, like... I don't remember. So we're driving... We had to drive to lower manhattan the show was in a parking garage and i just like really didn't want to be alone at another show and i was like i bet that leandra's like not gonna go and so sometimes if someone from our team doesn't go like there will be an extra seat so yeah that was your plan so we planned to say that you were our photographer (laughs) no camera (laughs) no camera (laughs) so we're just like we're like we're gonna say that you're amanda peller's photographer and so do you remember we got there and we were all nervous. And we had this like whole like ridiculous backstory. You were fine. You walked up. You're like Haley Naman. They're like you're my personal hero. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like starstruck. All of a sudden, I was like the fuck. Like, okay. <laughs> Wait, I do remember that because I remember you being like really impressed and me being like that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, a 19 year old girl said you were like the most important person in her life. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> True. And then I like was let in just because I was like, you know, they were like, anyone, bring them. (laughs) That way, I was like, she's so happy you came to the show because remember, we walked in and who were we sitting right next to? I don't remember. Oh my God. Ray Shrimmett? Yeah, Ray (laughs) Shrimmett. Yeah. We were right next to them. I know that Sophia Bush was there. That was my big. (laughs) I was like, in real life? Sophia Bush? Yeah, and you know you know who else was there? Um and Fade by Kanye had just come out. Remember that really crazy music video with her and yeah, that girl in the gym? Wait, what's her name? Wait. Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. She was there. Like and remember she looked so hot. Yeah, she looked great. She looked good in that music video too. Yeah. And Naomi Campbell. I do not remember Naomi Campbell being there. You don't? She was there. Yes. That's bad that I don't remember. I know Chanel and mom was there. Yeah. And I I was like, she's so beautiful in real life. But still, I was just really like, I was both starstruck by Sophia Bush. And then also like, she like seemed like the most interesting celeb there because she's like (laughs) B-list. Wait, Wait, it's so funny you remember because I did not remember she was there. That's like not someone who stuck in my memory. She honestly was wearing one of the outfits that looks like she made it on, like, the 37 girly crabs. hacks. Yeah. <laughs> like, mean. cut her top all up. Well, whatever. It was, like, pants, and then she had, like, a, you know, it showed the back. It was fine. She looked good. Uh, okay, by the way, I forgot that this show was, this is a Baja East show. I don't know. You, I still don't I, know, I don't what know what's going on is. with them now. I finally but... gave away the minion from that show. Oh my god, that is also important context. So, so this is like in a parking garage, and there was like the the runway like snaked all around. So it was kind of an interesting location, and it was at night. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and I remember that like all the um, models had like completely 
wet, greased back hair. They, and like, they arrived in the car elevator. Yes. And then at the end, it was like completely quiet. And then it went like, boom. And like these huge elevators opened and all of them were there. And they came stomping out at the exact same time. And it was actually really cool. It was cool. It was arresting. So then the, the show ends and everyone, instead of walking towards the door, starts walking towards the back. And we were like, what? And they're like, it's an after party. And, we're, and they're like, it's upstairs on the roof of the parking structure. And we we're like, I guess we're going. And I remember on the way up, I saw some guy I used to go to high school with who like became this like rich entrepreneur because like, he made like special ketchup or something. That's <laughs> such a good way to get rich. <laughs> oh, God. So I think like brilliant. Sir Kensington. Hmm? He was like he was like an early like one of the like founders of Sir Kensington. Is that a ketchup company? Wait, you don't know that ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the main like hipster ketchup brand. Oh my god, I know. That's all we used to talk about in San Francisco <laughs> circa 2004. Anyways, and we're going up the stairs. We walk in and like for some reason there was like drag queens uh, like pushing shopping carts full of like Mac lipsticks around, so we we took some. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, and of then there were gear, swag. Yeah, there were. Mm-hmm. There were minions. Wait, there were like minions, or I don't remember the, the minions. It was a minion themed. It was Ray Shrimmed partnered <laughs> with minions. This definitely takes sort of the edge away from like the coolness of the. No part. way. Well, what was funny was that like so they were just nonstop. I never remember the other one's name. Like, Sway Lee was, like, smoking weed. And then the other one was wearing full ski goggles and just so fucking high. And wherever they were... They were smoking on stage, like, nonstop. And I was like, oh, my God, if I smoked that much, I would be completely, like, catatonic. This wasn't even on stage yet. This was just down... This was on level two. There was, like, the mid-level. And that was, like, the minion's area where there was like a lot of minion stuff going on in a bar in the middle and naomi campbell was being interviewed i remember that okay yeah i do remember her being there and then anywhere ray shrimmed was there'd be like a big crowd of people around like kind of trying to like just remain close to them because they were really huge at the time they had like a bunch of like top 10 songs they are still huge (laughs) they are i feel like i haven't heard like a song from them in a minute i mean huge maybe is wrong (laughs) In my heart. They were your favorite. Like, it was your favorite song at the time, right? I ain't got no type. (laughs) No, they had just come out with Somebody Come Get Her. Oh, Somebody Come Get Her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which, you know, does drag on a little bit when you (laughs) listen to the full song, but is a total bop. (laughs) So anyway, we're going on the roof. Ray Schirmer starts performing. They're, like, rolling blunts on the stage. Like, I was like, this was the crazy, it was just such a, a crazy situation that we had not predicted and imp- most importantly you were like the talk of the town because everybody thought well first of all we changed your story once we got in there to say that you were a downtown artist right like a like a sculptor oh yeah i had been in the studio all day exactly exactly yeah, yeah. and Which everyone thought true. that you were like so everyone thought you were like this hot famous artist <laughs> and everyone kept like, these guys kept coming up and asking me about you that's also because I was the only one. I mean, we got pretty drunk up there. What did they have? They had like tiny bottles of something. I don't remember. Yeah, they were like we were drinking like basically. It was fancy, but it was like basically like the two dollar like liquor store bottles, but like in like little fancy whatever. Yeah. Like cases. Yeah. And yeah. we were drinking those kind of nonstop, and 
no one was enjoying the show. Wait, I don't remember that. Like, people were, like, into it, but, like, everyone was, like, talking or, like... Yeah, I feel like, yeah, at a party, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, like, I am so excited to see Rachel <laughs> live. That reminds me of when I went to a fashion week party and Cardi B was just, like, casually performing. I was, like, excuse me. This is really early on in her career, but... You're like, pay attention. Oh my god, I went to like a weird Tiffany's media party once where St. Vincent was performing. Mm-hmm. And like, nobody was paying attention. The acoustics were really bad. And I was just like, dude, this person's like... And she was like an incredible musician. She was doing like this moody performance. And it was just like so awkward because you couldn't hear her and nobody was paying attention. And I was like, this is feels like a crime. I feel like they just get paid so much that musicians yeah, are maybe just you're like, right. They don't I'm need here. my pity. What's the setup? Like, this isn't my concert. I'm just, like, I need to fulfill. I have, like, I need to do at least five songs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, well, anyway, everybody was... So the reason I thought of the story is because, like, I feel like almost your lack of thirstiness is, like, it draws thirsty people in because they're like, who is this guy? He's so cool. He was so much cooler than me. He doesn't give a shit. And yep. it, it just made me so happy because I just, like, I, I love when people love you as much as i do show their true colors oh well anyway so let's continue the story well so we went downstairs and i realized that i didn't have my phone and it had been it was i plugged it into like a dj booth where they had like a an outlet Mm -hmm. and so i went back up there and i see john i think his name is john i'm forgetting right now but he was the designer of baja east like him and one other guy there were two of them yeah yeah and somehow we ended up, like, going around the, the place arm-in-arm arm looking for my phone. <laughs> like, we became fast friends for some reason. Yeah, you guys came out with your arms around one another. <laughs> and him yelling, like, we're going to, we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to, he was like, we're going to the box for an after party. Get in the cab, like, we're all going. I was outside, like, putting cigarettes out on my own shorts. <laughs> yeah, so we ended up going. And we were actually weren't at the box for very long. The box is like a crazy, like the, like a, it was so packed. Wait, how would you describe the box? Just a oh dark, cabaret. Wait, not cabaret. Like, yeah. What's it called when they like when they like take their clothes off? Like a burlesque. Oh, burlesque. Exactly, burlesque. I have been there maybe twice. I have always this being one of them. I've always been super drunk, and it's always just been so packed. So my description of the box would be a confusing set of dark rooms in which I can't tell my friends from strangers. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like that. It was like the energy of the night up to that point was much better than the actual bar that we went to at the end. Like, I feel like we ended up leaving pretty fast. There was like a woman on a like spinning ring. Oh, God. That I remember just being like, oh, neat. And then... Also, at the same time, being like, I haven't seen Haley in anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. <laughs> I have no idea who any of these people are or where I am. I've been talking with this one couple of guys who, like, pretty much, like, what you're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 from afar, like, maybe that's someone who's important. And then, like, within, like, nine minutes of speaking, you know, it becomes just, like, so effortlessly clear that it's, like, I have nothing to offer your career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they thought they... <laughs> like, I'm, like, what they do you do? They thought that they were, like, going to get something out of you? I don't know. It's just, I will say that's, like, there's something where 
I mean, that is a sensation that I've had semi-regularly. Is that, that, that people think you're important? People are confused, I think, <laughs> by me sometimes. And there are two ways to go with that. And one is that I am meaningless or insignificant. And the other is that I'm extremely meaningful and very significant. <laughs> and like, so either I'm entirely written off and often just like looked at wide eyed with like being like, why are you here and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Or like people kind of like sycophantishly treat me as if I'm way more important than I am. And kind of try to collect me into their little bag <laughs> of tricks, which I also find very suspicious. So either I'm like, you're being a bitch, or I'm like, you're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so everyone is your enemy? Generally. You're, you're good friends with Mary and Steph, who I mentioned in the newsletter. And I was talking about their descriptors. I wonder if you agree. What, what were they? I said Mary's kooky. Kooky? Well, Mary's your Mary's Danny's ex for That's true. those listening, which is relevant context. I mean, Kooky's not wrong. She's a kook. Like every time she enters a room, she's got something absolute kooky to say, and she's carrying something kooky, and she's wearing something kooky, and she has like wild, crazy hair. She's like Kramer. Well, actually, you're like Kramer. I feel like you guys are Kramer of the opposing genders. Gross. Just racist, but like you don't find out till ten years later. Wait, what? That's Kramer. Oh, he's racist. You're right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. I forgot. I forgot. Um, uh, kooky. I don't know. And then what's Steph's? I said Steph is dry, but Steph honestly can be kooky too. But she, yeah, she, I mean, the mood she was in was particularly dry. She was just doing lots of like one-liners with a straight face. That is her type of humor. I mean, I don't know. I think one wording somebody is pretty hard. What's yours? You think? My word. My word. Hmm confused maybe not <laughs> that's not how other people see it no like i'm talking about if you're someone's like oh wait who's name? like you know the 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 blank one yeah before 3 p.m i'd say descriptor is anxious and after three is tipsy <laughs> <laughs> how's that I disagree with those. I disagree. I don't know. I don't, I, you know. I need multiple words for you. That's what I was thinking, though. I mean, I think everybody pr- Cerebral. probably has multiple words. But so, I think funny has to be in there. But I feel like you're like, you're really, you are cerebral and you are goofy. Yeah, I wonder if that comes across, cerebral comes across in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> And then I feel like somewhere in there needs to be, like, I mean, you're very, like, um, what's the word? Needy. <laughs> <laughs> like, enterprising. Enterprising? <laughs> okay, that sounds like a too much of a... That one feels off. No, I was going to say, okay, handy. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like, I know those are slightly d- different. I see, enterprising, like, I gotcha. Like, I feel like... I'm calling you in the apocalypse. Like, I'm going straight to your house. I uh, I was thinking about that when I was driving across the country and, like, what we were talking about alone. Mm-hmm. The TV show about survivalists. Yeah, I've been thinking about that show, like, when they're like, you know, you use this to put your trap and then it snaps up and then, you know, like, just, like, 
or like using like this can be used in the case of an emergency to insulate, you know, and you're just like, like, wow, like everything can really be like purpose towards like some actually like meaningful or important like action. So then mm-hmm. like when on the trip, I'd be like, like eat my last tortilla and then be like, you can put half an avocado and your old gross piece of cheese in the tortilla bag. <laughs> you know, and I'd like be like you're inspired. Uh, yeah, but also like and like without really noticing it, like just be like hyping myself on my own like abilities, like somehow like putting myself in competition with the survivalists and being like I'd kill it. Well, when we were watching alone, we kept being like, Danny needs to go on the show. Like, someone just needs to give you, like, a six-week, like, crash course on surviving, and then, like, you're going to outlast everybody. I would absolutely, I would, I feel like I'd be the first one to die. Like, season eight, (laughs) it would be like, there was a death. (laughs) No. But I feel like, you know, like, when we recently went upstate with a bunch of us, like, and our car broke down, like, you were just, like, within literally 60 seconds, like, underneath the car covered in grease, and that's just, like, who you are. And then there was a grease fire when we finally No, there's a bunch of... (laughs) Uh, There's, like, all of us are standing around in our, like, white sweaters, like, with our, like, you know, desk jobs, like, literally would have just, like, starved out there and just never come back to New York if you hadn't been there. It's also because... Because I think, did I know, I think I knew about it on the drive. Like, Andy told me that it was stuck. So I had been fantasizing about it for, like, probably, like, 45 minutes when I got there. Like, what you were going to do? Yeah, I was like, oh, like, I know just what I'll do. It didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, you just, like, no, you did. Our car was fixed. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, in the end. In the end. But, I mean, I was, like, watching YouTubes while driving, being like, oh, (laughs) yeah i feel like reckless maybe should be on your list of descriptors too that's fine i think that i have a hard time with this game or like i think that i and we kind of talked about this before like where it's just like i don't know it's not that i'm unaware of people's qualities when they arise but i don't think that i really think about them that much outside of their moment well, right. I think that's why the game is fun because you're like, oh, I haven't really thought to codify this. Like, how would I describe you? I mean, I feel like so many of my friends, including like you and Max and Andy and Avi, even, I'm just like, my descriptors are all like really like uh, based on like the difference I see between myself and you guys, which is just, I'm like, they're so meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> They, like, they do all the little things. You're, like, you know, there are so many little things you need to be doing all the time that I'm often, like, yeah, I'll get to it. And you guys are, like, yep, click, like, all done. I spent today doing those things. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think maybe it's, like, a counter to your recklessness. So I'm, like, 99% of the world I would describe as meticulous. I also think that like your recklessness is also what makes you really fun. Yeah, sometimes. I, so I think that's kind of what I was getting at when I said that I feel like people's best qualities are tied to their worst. And for me, the reason I think that that's like important or useful to think about is because it helps me sort of embrace people's like um, fluidity or like their like their wholeness, which is 
a corny way to put it, but like if somebody's annoying me, for instance, usually if I really think about like what quality in them is annoying me, it's sort of tied. I'm talking about like my friends or people I like, so maybe Mm -hmm. not like a stranger who annoys me. But if I think about what quality is leading to that behavior, it's usually tied to like what I really like about them. Mm -hmm. So like someone who is like chronically late, for instance, like maybe they... That's shots fired. (laughs) I actually wasn't thinking of you when I said that. I have so many friends who are chronically late. <laughs> That's I was going to say, so, like, when I show up two hours late to an appointment, <laughs> you're like, this is actually my favorite quality of yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just I think of, like, I, I think of, like, for instance, my good friend Amelia, she, like, everywhere she shows up, she's just, like, absolutely windswept and panicked, and, like, she's, like, carrying 70 things, and things uh-huh. are dropping, and she's, like, profusely apologizing, and it's just, like, a, a whirlwind but I think that that's, like, also her brain works like that. Like, if you just took that exact moment and, like, and just put it into her brain, that's, like, how she sees the world. She's just, like, she's she's all over the place in a really fun way. She Her brain works in such a weird way. She's making weird connections. She's sort of, like, she has, like, this crazy energy and she's, like, always planning things. And, like, it's, these two qualities are, like, connected. And I think that it makes me, I it's made me love when she comes in like bumbling into a coffee shop to meet me because I'm like, there she is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like I love I love it. Walks through the glass door. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I'm like Yeah. And I think sometimes sometimes I think, well, it's the price of admission with a person. It's like, I'm sorry that that annoys you, but like if you were to take it away, you would also lose something really special about them. So you just have to accept it and embrace both. I mean I think about this with Avi too. <laughs> I mean, Avi and I talk about this all the time. Is he late a lot? No, he's not late, but he he has like a pretty scattered brain and sometimes has trouble focusing. But it's yeah. also and it is it's like occasionally a hindrance, but also it's like what makes him so so fun to be around. Like he, his his brain is like always going a mile in a minute. He sure. like knows about a million things yeah. that I would never know, and it's sort of like these qualities are tied to each other. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't know what your descriptor would be. I'm just a forgettable person, Danny. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What would it be? Mary's kooky? Sure, I guess. Steph would be... (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about what our worst traits, like our worst descriptors would be, and... Steph said that one time, like, she was on a road trip with Leah and Andy, and, like, somehow they got onto that conversation, and, like, Leah was way too quick with Stephanie's, like, bad descriptor, and Stephanie's never forgotten it. What was it? Cunty. (laughs) Leah was like, oh, yeah, you're cunty. (laughs) Oh, no, that's the nicest. That's the nicest. That's Leah being kind. (laughs) I love Steph. But that's not... Her being cunty is, like, one of her best qualities. Oh, I see. What? The best and the worst. I get it. Mm-hmm. No, I would say... I mean, I guess n- nobody can be honest talking about their friends. Yeah, Mary's kooky and Steph <laughs> is cunty. <laughs> well, I feel like... There you go. I've been think- I feel like I'm gonna, like, end up, like... R- pretending I discovered like yin yangs but I've just been thinking a lot about like the connect the duality uh, of life 
Ooh, frankly, Danny. That things are both. Well, I just mentioned, I wrote in my newsletter a couple weeks ago that I think um, sort of like exposure to pain also increases your exposure to pleasure and like the way that those extremes are connected and like how basically if you live a life where you are avoiding pain, you're going to be avoiding pleasure too and your life's just going to be kind of in the middle. Sure. And I think that that could be applied to like personalities too. Like if somebody's like they're never annoying at all and like they have no qualities that great or anything they're probably not going to have like really incredible standout qualities they're going to be somebody who's like more in the middle they're also like you dull. kind of can't have but you can't have just incredible qualities standout qualities yeah you just need to you know temper how often you see a person <laughs> that's me i'm like a one day on two weeks off kind of friend <laughs> i don't feel like that danny well we don't spend too much prolonged time together that's why that's actually you're seeing true. me at the right ratio <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. why okay let's get back on track okay well there's not really any track but i feel like i feel like we did a good job back in the pod back onto the pod did um we? yeah so like what are the what are the uh kind conclusions of, of our conversation that's not what I was going to say, but sure. Oh, because my answer is I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like I maybe did I dominate when I was telling our, our story, our Fashion Week story? No, I felt like I talked over you this whole time. Oh, okay, great. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, it just means I just like I always get self-conscious that I've been talking too much. I mean, I think that's fine. It's this normal. is why when I get into therapy, I'm just like I talk for like 20 minutes straight. That sounds so good. And then I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, did you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have a therapist do you respect? We've had this conversation before, haven't we? Yeah, I do. I really like my therapist. Oh, so then you're, like, interested in their opinion. Yeah. Whereas, like, most therapists I've ever had, you know, I'll talk for 20 minutes, work myself up to, like, full crying session one. <laughs> And then, like, they'll try to talk for a second, and I'll be like, yeah, I know already. And then I'll just, like, talk for a little while longer, and then look at my watch and be like, all right, the hour's up. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah, it sounds like you need to get a better therapist. I'm just, I don't want to hear your insights into <laughs> me. Just let me fucking... Yeah, but you don't know, Danny. Know what? You, you don't see yourself clearly all the time. You do need a good therapist. You don't That's have all the true. answers. No, not, yeah. There's I definitely some hubris in thinking you have all the answers, but there's also a kind of self, it's I, also kind of self-deprecating because it's assuming that you have all the answers, but the reason you can't solve them is because you're the problem. No, I mean, like, I don't think, I wouldn't say that I assume that I have infinite insight into myself at all. I would just say that, most therapists that I have like engaged their services generally speak in like generic platitudes and like don't have interesting thoughts on what I'm sharing. Yeah. And like in some ways it's me wanting them to instantly have insight into me. Right. Which like is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. But in another way it's because it's like I'm enlisting professionals 
to perform their profession. Right, and it's expensive. Yeah, but I'm saying like, no, 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 I don't just mean like me being like, give me my service, you know, but I more like mean like, like they also are just at work. Yeah, but their job is to help you. And I'm like, and I'm like, treat me special, you know, like, don't treat me like I'm not just another brick in your wall. Like, I want insight. I guess that is their job. I have such a problem where I like, I want... Well, everybody wants their therapist to like them, or a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But Kelly and Andy make fun of me because, like, they can tell that when I'm bragging that my therapist likes me. (laughs) Yeah, uh, me too. You said, wait, did your therapist say this to you, or did you just say that? I think you told us that your therapist said that you were the best client. No! That has never happened. It did happen. It was really bad. No. You can cut that, too. No, dude, it's so funny you said that, though, because, like, Kelly thinks it's so annoying because she's, like, I mean, it's in, like, a fun way where she's always just, like, oh, your therapist loves you, I bet. And then just the other day, Avi got done with therapy and he came in and he was, like, my therapist just said that you're, (laughs) are you ready for this? Her fave. Yeah. That I'm her favorite girlfriend of any of her patients. (laughs) Can you imagine? Your reaction? Can I imagine your elation? Yeah. I immediately texted Kelly and Andy. I was like, literally, like, my life is made. Like, therapists love me. I can imagine you standing up, going to the kitchen, like, pouring yourself a glass of water and just smiling at the wall. (laughs) Well, more accurately, I immediately texted Kelly and Andy. I was like, guys, I have a very important update. Guess what happened? (laughs) And Kelly's so mad. She's like, oh, God. (laughs) It's also a totally a crazy thing for a therapist to say. <laughs> and to be to be to be fair, I think Avi probably like um is too is too kind and flattering to me in his therapy appointments. So who knows if it's based on legit information. Well, I get really mad. That makes it difficult for me to talk with therapists about my relationships. Cuz like even though I have a ton of problems with everyone who I've ever dated, the moment that I talk about it to a therapist and they have like even the smallest opinion about my partner, I'll be like, bitch, you don't know this girl. Like, don't (laughs) fucking, you're going to have an opinion about my fucking girlfriend. Like (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) After you've just complained for an hour. And they'll be like, yeah, like, well, from like what you said, it sounds like you're having, like, maybe you need some space or something. You know, I'm like space. But don't fucking talk to me about this person. Why don't you talk about what you know? Talk about yourself. How about that? Sounds like you shouldn't be in therapy, Danny. I need to be in therapy. Yeah, or maybe it means you definitely need to be in therapy. But I think I have the opposite of what you have, where it's like you want your therapist to like you. Like, I want to like my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't. I've yet to meet a single therapist that I'm like, you're the shit. That's yeah. what I want to feel. It's hard. It's because I feel like the good ones are so expensive. For like sure. Until, until I was, like, willing to just, like, pay an absolutely, like, way more money than I can afford. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a great I mean, point. I, got my, I got my therapist down to a lower rate because, as you know, she's happy to just talk to me for free. But then I'm going to spend $200 and just be like, do not talk about my girlfriend. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the thing. Is like once I'm paying more, I'm like, okay, bitch, well. Yeah, like let's see that degree jump. <laughs> yeah, there's like too much pressure on it, but but also like I feel like I've had to kind of get over my therapist liking me because it, they all you know, do. You gotta, no, 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 no. I feel like no. I feel like this is probably just some delusion I have. Sure. I do think I'm really honest with my therapists. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm good. Maybe it's more than them liking my personality as much as like liking the fact that I like bring a lot and I'm willing to like explore things and and change my mind and stuff. Hey, whatever reason you're the best is you know. <laughs> You fucking find it, and we can... In the end of the day, I'm still the still best. still the best. It doesn't matter why. Yeah. Watch all my therapists just, like, secretly hate me. I mean, they're, like, she just, like, is so clear. Every time I give her positive reinforcement, she, like, texts her brother and sister. <laughs> they're, like, taking notes on this crazy pathology. They're, like, uh, she's texting again. I'm not sure who. It seems like she has a very proud smile on her face. All I said was, like, I like your hat. <laughs> one day I'm gonna like have a breakdown and I'm gonna be like banging on the door of Avi's therapist being like tell me you love you me you said you liked me <laughs> how could you oh, I'm sure I'm sure they do You're in- on my headstone I wanted to say beloved by therapists <laughs> the therapist community accepted her beloved by all therapists that's I mean whatever that's a nice affirmation is it yeah like, what do therapists really like? You know what I mean? Like, maybe they like the worst people, and it's actually not a brag. Yeah, even so. You're still beloved by therapists. True. That's Who true. cares? It's, it's, a, yeah, it's just not... Value-neutral statement. That's all it is. It's, yeah, it's just a fact. <laughs> which you can lord over your family members. <laughs> <laughs> a really cool brag. So cool. Um, okay, well, how much longer are you in California? I don't know. I want to go backpacking here still, which was like the whole idea of this fucking trip was to like come to California, take a backpacking trip, like be alone for a while and then like go home. But now with all the fires, it's just like like today I haven't checked yet, but today is the first day that the parks might even be reopened. Oh, that's exciting. So maybe except that like the sky is just fucked. Everything's fucked. Like it's so grim out here. In some ways, it's good mm-hmm. because it's forced me to be home with my parents and, like, yeah. spend time with them and take care of my dad and whatever. But mm-hmm. I can feel myself growing uh, claustrophobic. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure D- to be alone with parents. Does the pod know I'm an only child? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> now they do. I was thinking about that yesterday when you were telling me about, like, some like certain tensions and stuff in the house i thought like wow i mean like typically when that happens in our house like the the kids will go and like bitch to each other and just be like oh oh, my lord (laughs) yeah (laughs) wait now i'm scared that my parents are gonna listen to this and like be hurt mom and dad i love you so much i love you're the best parents i've met y'all too just a couple times but really like you yeah vance and cal very i'm very lucky have great parents. I mean, same. I mean, this is what I was saying to you about my mom. Like, the moment that I'm out of sight of her, I'm just like, what a hero. I love her so much. (laughs) 
And then I, like, come into the room and she's, like, just, like, shaking something in my face. Or, like, what you were talking about, about uh, asking questions from across the room, like, today. Across the house. Right, yeah, okay. Today, I was in the kitchen making coffee. I had just woken up. And she was, like, um, yeah, I don't know about this cold. Maybe I do have one or something. And I was just, like, what? Like, what cold you know like what are you talking about and then she's like oh well maybe i have a cold i was like oh okay like a little disoriented but like whatever i was like oh like i hope not you know and then like i was walking by the other direction to go like get my book or something and i was pretty far away like probably like 20 feet away from her and she was she said in the tone of voice so i knew she was talking to me because there's like a particular tone for Mm -hmm. me and my dad was with the nurse, like, doing, like, exercises. And then she was like, yeah, these are just pictures of, like, my friend's baby's birth. <laughs> As if I had been like, what are you looking at? But I was, like, <laughs> way across the room. So I turned around and I was like, what did you say? You know, like, and she was like, these pictures. <laughs> I was like, what? Like... She's like, are of so I went and got my book and I came back and I was like, do you want to show them to me? You're like, yeah. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, they're beautiful. And then I kind of was like, you know, like it does help me to have an introduction to comments like that, such as like, <laughs> do you want to see these pictures? You know. And then I'm like, oh, sure. And then her response to that was, you know, this was the day you were conceived. <laughs> And again, I was dumbfounded. She showed you a photo? Nope. She just, that was her response to me saying, I'd like an introduction to, like, if I'm across <laughs> the room, you can call to me and be like, do you want to see these photos? But then her response to that was, today's the day that you were conceived. And then, oh, today. Yeah, today. <laughs> and then I said, oh. And then she said, oh, you know that already. And I said, of course I don't. <laughs> and then she said, I tell you every year. <laughs> and then it was like, I was like, inconsiderate. <laughs> that I like, didn't remember. Like, that your own conception anniversary? That today was the day when my parents fucked. <laughs> Wait, it's crazy that she knows that. Because like, I feel like typically... There's just, like, lots of it happening when you're trying to... She does birth work, so I think it's, like, important to her. You know, Mm -hmm. she's like, this is when, like, his history of trauma began, you know. (laughs) This is where we can trace it. I feel like starting in the middle of the sentence... I feel like I catch myself doing that sometimes where I'm, like, having a train of thought and then I just suddenly verbalize it and and I'll be like, what? And I definitely can sense that as I get older, I'm probably going to be doing that more. Yeah, I mean, I do it too, but then people are like, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm honestly talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The follow-up is important. Like, I don't have anything to say to you. I mean, if you're <laughs> interested, I could go way back, <laughs> tell you everything that I thought for the last, like, four and a half minutes until I accidentally said one thing out loud. But, like, this Dude, is, you, like, do you ever do that where you're, like, explaining how you got to a certain train of thought and you just realize that like it's absolute chaos inside your brain at all times yeah of course or you're just like this oh it's so scary in there yeah but then you're also just like this is why this is private (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So I think the fun. Yeah, it's her not acknowledging it. I think was the real problem. Yeah, I was like, next time, all good. Next time, just you know, if you want to yell at me across the room to like look at something, be like, hey, I want to show you something, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, (laughs) right. It's honestly the the idea of like giving communication feedback to my family members is totally alien to me. Really, it's just like it, at least with my parents, I feel like we would ne- I would never give them feedback on like how they're communicating to me. But it seems smart. I feel like it would ease tensions, although it doesn't seem like it's really working. For you. It doesn't work. It's compulsive on both sides. <laughs> it's just well, maybe you're made for each other. Each of us expressing neuroses in our own particular way. <laughs> Well, I mean, you are an only child, so... It's so rough. It does seem hard. It's terrible. And the older you get, the worse it gets. That's so sad, because I actually sometimes I think it sounds fun to just have one kid, but maybe not. I mean, fun for you, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do it. (laughs) For you, it's great. The older you get, the worse it gets. The older you get, you're like, oh, like, existential lonesomeness is, like maybe the most terrifying part of being alive yeah and mine is like worse than yours (laughs) i can't imagine like seriously my siblings just andy being in la and kelly being in colorado i have felt absolutely untethered and unmoored like I i can't like it's and that's just them being out of the city I live in. That's what I'm saying. I guess that's the benefit of being an only child is like that sensation. I'm just like. Is permanent? I guess. that I'm like, yeah, just a normal day. No, Danny, chosen family. Remember I said you could be a nomin sibling. It just isn't the same. But I appreciate that. You are my chosen family. My tribe. Thank you, Danny. Likewise. Okay, I have to pee. Sure, just bring the mic with you and... <laughs> So, do you feel like we should wrap it up? Why not? Um, okay, Danny. Well, thank you so much. Good good talking. It was really nice to talk to you. I also like that I got to see your face while we talked. I know. Bye. <sighs> okay. Bye, Danny. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. This episode is kind of long already, so <clears throat> I'm tempted to end it here, but I do want to include an audio reading of the last newsletter, just in case you're someone who prefers to consume it that way. Um, but if you're not going to stick around for that, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. And if you are, let's get started. A domestic state of affairs. I used to think it was awful to be in bed during the day, but I've recently decided that beds are comfortable and should be enjoyed while conscious, so I've been spending a lot of time in mine. Not sleeping, just laying there silently, under or over the covers, in a kind of fugue state. It's peaceful. I like to stare at this concentrated patch of light on our ceiling, projected there by way of a tiny gap between our curtains and the molding. Occasionally, if I'm lucky, someone on the street will pass by our building in just the right spot and their shadow will appear there, shrunken, a perfect two-inch human figurine, walking across our ceiling, a miniature dog in tow, or a toy bike. When it happens, it feels like something out of a Harry Potter book, and it's gone before I can point it out to Avi, which makes it feel like a secret, or a hallucination. When the curtains are open, I stare out the window. The sliding glass door in our bedroom is so dirty it makes the school across the street look like a Monet painting. The door doesn't lead anywhere, only to a, quote, balcony that is the depth of the short side of a brick. When you open the door, the railing is right there at your waist, ready to bend you in half. This makes it hard to clean the outside of the windows. Last time I did, it was early July, and to reach them, I had to kind of hang my torso over the railing and try to maintain control of my hand as I made Windex patterns up and down the glass. 
Every time Avi came into the room, I stopped and pretended to scrub the area closer to me, because I knew if he saw my strategy, he would make me quit, believing I was better alive than dead. That said, we're only on the second floor. Anyway, they're dirty again, and I don't really care. Filth has a way of diffusing light. In my brother's empty Chinatown apartment, where I've stayed a few nights this past month, there's a skylight over his bed where all kinds of brush and detritus have collected. The light that comes through that thing is nothing short of magical. A warm, buttery embrace right when you wake up, care of years-old leaves and random piles of sand. His whole place is like that, actually, dim in a pleasant way. Although after a while I need a shot of vitamin D right to the chest, and that's when I go back home to Bedsty, where I sit in the sunny spot by our living room window. One of the many reasons Avi refers to me as a cat. Avi and I have entered a new phase of quarantine in which we are both some combination of depressed and slap-happy at any given moment. For instance, two days ago I was laying on our bed, naturally, crying at 2pm, less naturally, and Avi came in and tried to comfort me, which somehow led to us getting in a brief but uncharacteristic fight. Cut to ten minutes later and we both profusely apologized. I was sorry for being melodramatic, he was sorry for being totally out of pocket, and he's gone to the bodega to buy me a ginger shot and a box of strawberry hello pandas, which I pretend to like for the sake of his benevolence. And 30 minutes after that, we are texting each other inside the house, cracking up, and I've admitted that strawberry-flavored desserts are my enemy. And 30 minutes after that, we are completely, utterly, existentially hopeless. The worst part, Harling recently said to me, is that time doesn't feel like it's passing, but it is. Not to paint too bleak a picture, but I've started sitting down in the shower. I've noticed that when you hug your knees to your chest and watch the water pitter-patter against your toes, drip sliding down your nose and into your mouth, it feels almost like getting caught in a warm rainstorm. Or if you lean back against the tub and look up at the curtain and the tiles and watch the spray coming down from what feels like 20 feet away, the shower looks massive and different from when you're towering over all of it. When Emily stayed at our place in July, she tied a branch of eucalyptus to our shower head, and it applies a kind of sagey tint to everything. It makes it smell like a spa. It's going bad now, but I've left it up. I should probably just start taking baths. Something about this era of quarantine, where the joy of things reopening is tainted by the suspicion that it's all unethical, and release seems ever further away as winter looms and fires burn and our government proves increasingly useless, has me feeling very strange, almost associative in a broader sense, and thus more deeply attuned to my immediate surroundings. I'm noticing chips in the paint of my walls that I've never seen before. We've spent weeks hunting three reincarnating houseflies. I feel fatigue like I've never felt it. Avi and I keep noting how much our muscles have atrophied, and how we need to go on daily walks to keep them from withering away completely. For the first time, I've started doing yoga without a video. Just moving however I feel like. Not even using a mat, but laying on our rug. My nose inches from tufts of my cat's hair. It doesn't do much, ultimately. I still get out of breath when I climb the stairs in our building, and I've had a crick in my neck for so long it's now part of my biology. When I'm home, I feel like the existential equivalent of air that is the exact temperature of my skin. What I mean by that is sometimes it feels nice and safe, like when Avi plays his guitar while I read my book, and other times suffocating and indecisive. This summer I decided I'm pro-mosquito bite because it feels good to scratch them. You have to take the small wins where you can. Social media, meanwhile, no longer provides the dopamine drip it used to, and so I recently put Instagram and Twitter into a folder on the last page of my home screen, away from my reflexes. I've been trying to open them as seldom as possible, and it's a relief to not be caught up on stupid internet drama. It doesn't feel like it's helping anyone anyway. Discourse has jumped the shark. I am hungry for connection, though. Whenever I see friends, it's like a splash of cold water to the face. The other day I was with my friend Stephanie and Mary, and it felt just like that, rejuvenating on a soul level, like I'd shed a layer of emotional PPE. 
I've been thinking about a conversation we had where I described someone as sweet, and Steph noted that she is suspicious of anyone for whom that is their first and primary descriptor. I had to agree, if only because most people's best quality is somehow tied to their worst quality, and the dark side of a sweet person is that they don't actually like you at all, and so what's the point? It made us wonder what our first and primary descriptors would be. I said Mary's would be kooky, and Steph's would be dry, as in humor. And for me, Mary had to think for a moment. Forthright, she finally said. You're very honest. And so today, instead of writing you an essay with any discernible purpose, I'm going to lean on the simplicity of that. Sometimes no conclusion is the only appropriate conclusion, and simply moving forward has to be enough. 